0: Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 Rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning.
1: We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler-free, so we welcome fans new and old to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows.
0: Currently, we're on season two. I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now, let's get into this week's episode.
1: This week, we're discussing season two, episode 22. Be careful what you wish for. It originally aired on May 18th, 2000, and had 5.01 million viewers.
0: So, season two finale time.
1: We made it to the end of season two.
0: I can't believe we're here. I'll say more probably at the end and definitely in our wrap up episode. But mm-hmm. I will say that I forgot how good season two is, and I've had such a fun time covering it.
1: Honestly, me too. I don't remember it being this enjoyable, but we even had this discussion before where we for every episode has just been hit after hit, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm I'm very impressed, and I can't wait to discuss that in the wrap-up for sure.
0: Yeah. I'll also say that I always forget that this is the season two finale like this episode doesn't scream finale to me like there are so many finales not to get into spoiler territory in this show that are so recognizable as a season finale but i never think of this episode as a finale like season one we have the death of andy we have that whole huge episode for the finale Mm -hmm. and then season two wraps up with this one which i think is an interesting choice and I feel like as we get further into the show, and when we do our recap and we talk spoilers, I'll talk more about why this just doesn't stand out as a finale to me. Not to shit on the episode, I liked it and I'm excited to talk about it, but I will definitely say it doesn't feel like a finale.
1: I, I definitely agree. It's it's still a good overall episode, but not quite a finale like, um, like we've had before and like we will have in the future, so I, I definitely see where you're coming from. It is a good episode, but as a season finale, it's definitely an interesting choice.
0: Yeah, but um, hey, let's jump in. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. So we open, and we're in some, like, cave or something. I'm not really sure what the location is. There's a circle, and there are candles, and we see these men dressed in, like, these golden yellow robes with pentagrams on them are on the outside of the circle, and then in the middle there's like this red glowing circle and a man standing there. One of the robed figures says, the council will remind you of the heavy losses emanating from this San Francisco. From what we have learned, all of the witches there have been turned. And the warlock says, I descend from a long line of dragon warlocks. When my father died, he left me two things, the power of flight and a passion and hatred for those who killed him witches and I will not rest until I put all witches to rest and the guy says the council is intrigued however all who have used force on these witches before have failed and then another guy says there is another way and he raises his hand and snaps his fingers and then this like little lamp appears and then a genie comes out in the smoke and the council guy says tell them what you told me And he says, Well, personally, I think the best way to destroy witches is not to treat them like witches at all. You treat them like humans. Most of your evildoers, naughty types, think it's best to deprive humans of what they desire. No. You want to get them? You give them exactly what they desire. You grant them their wishes. It'll lead to their undoing. Everyone doesn't trust the genie they're saying that genies only work for themselves. And they say that if he grants them three wishes, then he's free and he could betray them. Then one of the council guys says, remember, getting your freedom does not make you free from us. And then another guy says, as long as you're a genie, we can find you anytime, anywhere.
1: All right, so nice little intro scene. We're in front of this council that we have never seen before. And I'm wondering if this is something important.
0: I'm wondering the same thing. I'm wondering who they are. I'm wondering if they're going to be important characters in season three. I'm really curious. I certainly am too. This is kind of the first time we've
1: seen anyone go to like, like we've had people working together to try to destroy the Charmed Ones or fight off witches, which is usually how they come into contact with the witches in the first place. But to have these people who are seeking them out specifically to destroy them and have like a whole council and people are presenting cases and why they think they can do this job is new
0: for sure. Yeah, and it's also making me wonder, kind of going back to the season one finale, is this the people who sent Tempest to Rodriguez in season one? Like, are they the same council? Are there multiple councils? Like... I'm still so curious about the overall hierarchy of evil.
1: Me too. We really have not gotten that much information. I mean, we've heard of the source. Are these guys above the source, under the source? Are they separate from the source? Like it's, I have a lot of questions and I hope that we will get them answered hopefully in season three. I mean, they're bringing up these new characters. We're getting introduced to the idea of this source character and- I feel that we might find out a little bit more as we watch season three.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking the same thing. I'm thinking the last few episodes, we have been hearing more and more about the source. So I feel like the show is doing something to set up for season three, like you're saying. Right, exactly. And
1: aside from that, we see this dragon guy and this genie, mm-hmm. um, obviously both going to play an important role in the episode. So can't wait to see how this goes
0: yeah I'll also say like I'm very fascinated by genie lore so like I'm excited to kind of see what his character's like I love this idea of like genies as kind of like tricksters and like that there's always this kind of like humor associated with genies so I'm excited to like kind of see his character throughout the episode
1: me too you can you can see by the way he talks to them here where they're all very serious and you know demon-like and He's very, he seems very easygoing, kind of open and things like that. I, I like that, you know, that trickster personality, like you said, and the kind of how, how he interacts with them throughout the episode. I'm I'm interested to see how that goes.
0: Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of like that thing that people say where they're like, funny guys are hot. Cause like, I personally am not super attracted to this guy, but like some of the things he says, I'm like, Ooh, I have a little crush.
1: Me too. I, I definitely agree with that. See, it's the personality for all
0: you men out there. Exactly.
1: (laughs) So now we are at the manor in the conservatory. And Piper is wrapping Phoebe's ankle. And she explains that she hurt herself kickboxing a beast. And Leo is on the other chair. And Phoebe wants to know if they'll ever learn what it all means. The demon fighting and cosmic stuff. And Leo says, well, not to sound all white-lightery, but everything happens in its own time. You can't rush what's to be. And then Piper mentions that Dan is back in town, and Leo's like, so? And she's like, so what am I going to tell him? The last time he was in town, he handed me proof that you were killed in 1942. He's going to expect a reaction from me. Phoebe says, how about, hey, Dan, you're right, I am a necrophiliac. (laughs) And they start laughing, but Piper's, like, not very amused. And then Prue walks in from the upstairs, and Piper asks where she's going. And she says that she has a lunch date with Dick, and Phoebe's like, dull dick? She's like, Prue, you are too hot to have to duty date. And then Prue says, yeah, well, all demon hunting and no play has made me a lot less picky. I gotta figure out a way to put some more balance in my life. And Piper says, Yeah, but you don't need dick. And they all kind of like make a face <laughs> and look at each other. Leo laughs, and Piper's like, What I mean is, you should be excited to see the guy you're dating. You look like you're off to the Inquisition. And Piper needs to go to the club, and Phoebe's going to go for a walk to try to loosen up her ankle. And they all kind of head out to the front door. And outside, they see there is a box on the porch as they open the door. And Prue picks it up and brings it in, and they open the box and see that there's an urn inside, and that it's dusty and old, and Phoebe starts wiping it off, and as she does that, smoke appears, and the genie comes out, and the genie's like, your wishes, my command. And he smiles, and they all look completely shocked.
0: Yeah. So, couple things with this scene. The dick jokes, I'm loving it, and I'll love it throughout the episode. So funny.
1: Yeah. The comedic element of this. Dick. Yeah. I love the comedic element to this scene. It was very cute. Leo's part and them all kind of enjoying each other's company it felt very, uh felt pretty realistic to me.
0: Yeah. I feel like that family dynamic between the four of them is growing. Um, mm-hmm. I think we saw some uncomfortableness, some jealousy a little couple episodes ago, and now we're really seeing them settling into this unit and enjoying their time together so I like that I think that's cute
1: I agree I, I like seeing that family dynamic although it does make me wonder knowing that Leo is around a lot more where was he before you know what I mean like he has other charges we know that but apparently he like lives with them and focuses a lot on them mostly and I guess spends all his time there and things like that. So it, I don't know, it's just like it just makes you wonder like when does he ever go see his other charges?
0: Yeah, I mean, I do know that like obviously what we're seeing in the episodes is when they have something going on, right? Right. So and I feel like when he's not working at all, he's obviously spending time with Piper cuz that's his girlfriend. So I feel like, you know, there's plenty of time off screen probably where he's seeing his other charges, but I also do get your point. Like he's around them a lot. And so it does raise that question.
1: Yeah. I guess you're right. It's more of like an off screen thing because it's only showing obviously when he's around. But I guess I get it because sometimes when they're all together and they're like Leo and he shows up, it's like he must have been out doing something obviously. So
0: yeah. And I think those are questions, as we'll see in this episode, Piper has too. Like, where are you when you're not with me? I'll also say, you know, the Dan of it all. I'm excited that Dan's back and to see what's going to happen next in that little storyline. Though, 1942, that brings me back to all the questions we were having in the episode that takes place in 1924. Because this means that at the, like that Leo was probably born, if we're saying he's 18, he died in 1942. That means he was born in 1926, if I'm doing
1: my math right. I think so, yes.
0: No, it means he was born in 1924, so he literally had to have already been dead or died during that time period that his other life was apparently part of.
1: Yeah, so it seemed like his past life died either that year or the next year, and he was born that year and died in 1942, his current self, and didn't move on to a new life because he became an angel, I guess. Yeah. All right, writers. Guess Leo I is
0: 18. I guess confirmed.
1: Yeah, I guess it's official that he is 18 years old. So that's
0: interesting. Let's see. Um, anything else here? I mean, obviously now we're getting the setup of the genie being with the charmed ones, and we'll see where that storyline's gonna go. Exactly. So then we have a the theme song. Afterwards, we're in the living room. And Phoebe's like, I don't get it. You've been stuck in that bottle for 200 years. Someone finally sends you to us and you have no idea who licked the stamp? I kind of find that hard to believe. And Pru's like, what? And a genie standing in our living room wearing that, offering to grant us each a wish, isn't? And genie says, well, I don't get it. You win the lotto and you're asking for explanations. Piper says, actually, we'd just like to know who to send the thank you note to. And he says... "'All I know is that you rubbed, and now I serve.'" And it's like, all right, another dick joke in this episode. Yep. (laughs) And he sees that they have, like, snacks, and he starts talking about how he'd love to taste food just once. And Leo tells Piper that he doesn't trust him. He says genies are tricksters by nature. They can and will do anything just to be freed. And the genie's like, "'What are you, the butler?' (laughs) And he starts saying that they should make wishes. He says no wishes? Permanent house guest. And I snore. I make phone calls I can't even pay for. You think I'm gonna be putting the CDs back in their right case? No. He gives them, like, some space to decide, and then Piper asks Leo what else he knows about genies. He says, well, they're not evil by nature. They can't harm you unless you wish for something. And Prue asks what's so dangerous about a wish, and... Leo explains that there's always a catch and unseen consequence. For example, say a man wishes for a car, the next day his dad will die and he'll inherit a car. Phoebe tells Prue and Piper to get on with their day and that she'll stay with the genie and look in the book for some answers. And then there are some, like, ableist comments that go on about her ankle and then they leave. And the genie walks back into the room and he's like, so uh, what's it going to be, master? And he smiles and Phoebe rolls her eyes. So I kind of like this, them having their little, you know,
1: this is our discussion scene, kind of talking about what's going on and Leo giving his input on the other information about the genies that he knows in his experience. So I kind of did enjoy that and them kind of being like all right well we can't just sit here I mean what else is there to do they might as well just go on and enjoy their days
0: yeah exactly this scene has a lot of what I'll call like natural exposition like it's exposition that works so well into the storyline that you almost don't notice it Mm -hmm. um with Leo kind of explaining the background on genies again I think the Genie's really funny in this scene I enjoy his wit and I really like his interaction with the sisters so far
1: Yeah, me too. I definitely agree with that. So, now we are at this lunch cafe, and Prue and Dick are sitting at a table, and they're making small talk, and he's, like, super boring, like, very boring. And while she's looking at the menu, a really bad, like, special effect of the genie appears on top of Dick's menu and, like, jumps into his mouth. And um, he, like, shakes and starts dramatically, like, eating the butter, obviously now possessed by the genie. And he starts, like, eating butter and talking about how he's not worthy of dating Peru and Prue's like, really confused. All of a sudden has this, like, energy and the same wit that the genie has. And he's like, look, you and I both know I'm dull as mud. I can't help it. I know who I am. I know I'm not the guy you're looking for. The question is, what are you looking for? I mean, come on, how do we make it to date three when you really know I'm not the guy? And she's like, I don't know. I mean, at this point, I just feel like dating is kind of a job, you know? I mean, you get numb, but you feel like it's your duty to stay out there. I just want to feel excited by love again. I wish it was like it was the first time. And then Dick laughs and he's like, your wish, my command. And snaps his fingers and uh, Prue's face starts glowing. So that special effect definitely could have been a million times better. but (laughs) Um, Overall, this scene, I kind of like it. I like the shift in his personality and Prue's, like, accidentally being tricked into making a wish. Like, I thought that was pretty smart.
0: Yeah, I also really get what she's saying here. I feel like a lot of times, and I feel like at your age, it's probably not something like you or your friends are experiencing yet. But like when you do get to kind of like your later 20s, I feel like it's something that comes up. Like if you're not dating, people like really do judge you for it. And it does feel like something like you should be doing because it's kind of that idea of like, oh, it's almost time to settle down. Like you have to figure it out. And like that idea that like you're dating just to date. Right. I feel like during COVID like before I met the person that I'm like on and off with now that was kind of where my mindset was and that's how we even ended up meeting in the first place was I was like well I haven't dated anyone in almost a year and a half like I really should put myself back out there and it's kind Mm -hmm. of like this idea of like oh that's just what you're supposed to do and then you could end up if you don't meet someone you actually like just dating someone for the sake of dating so I definitely get what she's saying there and how like she does want to fall in love again and like I really I want that for her too so I'm like yes Prue thank you for vocalizing that
1: yeah no it's definitely it's realistic and for sure relatable to I mean everything that she's saying obviously like you said not so much in my age range but I can see how even though people are a lot more understanding about that nowadays the pressure is still there and you still feel that desire and that need to kind of have someone after a certain amount of time. And I mean, I know for Prue, we've kind of been waiting for something really to happen for her since Andy passed, you know, I mean, she went this whole season and what did she have Jack for a little, but that was more of a fun thing and there hasn't been too much. And I, I do want something that, and someone that she can actually enjoy.
0: Yeah, I think the only person this entire season we actually saw her excited about was Bane. And obviously, that wasn't going to be a lasting storyline because he had to go back to jail. Exactly. And that's kind of the last time anything happened for her, which, I mean,
1: looking at this is obviously a long time ago, you know?
0: Yeah. So then we're back at the manor and we're in the attic. And Phoebe's flipping through the book, and the genie kind of appears next to her in a cloud of smoke. He's like, hi, how about great fortune? You want that? She's like, after taxes? Not worth it. He's like, no. Land, power, beauty. And I'm like, damn, Phoebe's already beautiful. Don't say that. I know, right? (laughs) And she's like, nope. He's like, oh, okay, who am I kidding? She's like, why are you not in this book? He's like, because the only way to get rid of me is to make three wishes, large or small. I do all kinds, only no world peace. I can't do that. She's like, your job has its limitations. He's like, yeah, well, so does yours. And he looks at her ankle and she says, occupational hazard. He says, doesn't have to be. You could wish to be as powerful as you want. She says, nope, I am not interested in that. And he doesn't believe her. So he poofs out. So
1: again here um just kind of more of like an entertaining scene i think with his enthusiasm his energy and phoebe's kind of phoebe's always been really good at the banter too so i kind of like this interaction between them but it doesn't seem like it's anything too important yet
0: the one thing i will note is he totally figured it out right with the power thing i mean he knows he has to actually trick her which will obviously come up later but now he knows what to go after for her, which I think is interesting. And how he knew what to go after for Prue was like in her love life.
1: Yeah, it is It is interesting how he kind of digs in to trick them into making these wishes.
0: Yeah, like he's very intuitive. Uh, that's something I definitely notice about his character. And it's really interesting the way he really takes advantage of like specific moments to trick them into making wishes.
1: Exactly. So now we are at P3, and Leo and Piper are sitting by the bar, and Piper doesn't know what she can say to Dan, and she says that it would be easier if she could just be honest with him. Leo asks if what he really needs to know, and Piper's like, well, maybe it's about what I need to know. I mean, you've been watching me my whole life, and I don't even know where you spend yours. And he's like, well, if there's anything you want to know, and she's like, it's not exactly about knowing. It's more about experiencing and experiencing it with you. I mean, you have no, I have no idea where you go when you are Val. Do you have a house, friends, a CD player? And he smiles and kind of laughs. And he's like, it's not really like that. And then the door opens and Dan walks in and he sees Leo and says, you've got to be kidding me and immediately gets upset. And he starts to leave and Piper's like, no, wait, and says that they should talk. And Dan goes, I don't think there's anything to talk about, Piper. It's your life. And then the genie poofs in and is kind of hiding by the stairs. And Piper turns to Leo and asks him to give them a second. And so Leo leaves to another room. And Dan's like, what did you expect from me? I'd really like to know. Because at this point, I really don't know what to expect from you. I mean, how can you be with this guy after everything I found out about him? He's a fraud. And she says, Dan, I know who Leo is. I always have. It's not that I don't appreciate everything you, and then he cuts her off, and he's like, wait, I've spent all this time worried about you, worried about who he is, and you've known all along, and she's like, well, it's very complicated, and he starts to leave very upset at this point, point. and then the genie is giving him dirty looks, and Leo walks back in, And Piper says, he's right, he deserves to know, but what am I going to tell him? What am I going to do? I wish there was somehow I could just, he could just move on with his life. And then the genie gets all hyped up and like whispers to himself, your wish, my command. And he snaps his fingers and poofs out.
0: So this scene is really interesting to me. I really like the beginning part where we're setting up this idea that Piper's curious about what Leo does when he's not with her and her sisters right and that Mm -hmm. it's not that she just wants to have a conversation about it it's that she feels like she needs to be a part of that world which I get um I think that that's interesting and it's obviously going to come up to play again later in the episode then of course we have the whole Dan and Piper interaction and I totally get Dan's perspective here you know being upset that You know, he's been worried about Piper, he went through all of this, and from his point of view, like, Piper knows that Leo is shady and doesn't give a fuck, so he spent all this time worrying and caring about her for no reason, but obviously, knowing the full story, we know that there's much more to that, and that Piper does wish she could tell Dan the truth, which part of me is like, why hasn't she in all of this just told him, but...
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely gone through my head several times. And um, I do agree. I like, you know, like you said, the whole setup of Piper being or wanting to experience this world with him and Dan having no clue about any of this. But I mean, at the same time, no one asked you to do that, Dan, but I do get why you did and why you're so upset right now. But it's kind of hard to acknowledge it from both perspectives because you have to understand he's got no clue. And on Piper's end she kind of has this thing that she really can't explain to him you know Mm -hmm. so it's just a complicated situation and I'm also wondering just like what did they did they plan to meet there or something or did he just show up to her club
0: if they planned
1: it then why was Leo there like you know what I mean
0: I was gonna say the exact same thing I'm like yeah because if it was a planned meeting wouldn't she have just told Leo to leave but if it wasn't why did he look for her there and not at the house? Like, I just have questions.
1: Yeah, and like, just show up randomly. Yeah. Like, you guys are
0: together, call first.
1: <laughs> I think it's a little unrealistic in a jealousy perspective. Like, what guy would be like, okay with all of this? You know, like, Leo's real understanding here. If my man was talking about, well, I just wanted to talk to her give me some time alone with her I just need some space to think and I saw her him being so concerned over someone else or whatever like no I take that shit kind of personal not gonna lie
0: that's true and just a couple episodes ago we did see like Piper super jealous of like Leo's wife and then now we're seeing like Leo always just lets Piper and Dan have their little talks
1: I know like that that's so I feel like that's a little unrealistic like who would do that I get it like he deserves it and I think he understands that it comes from a place of guilt not so much um, feelings for Dan still but like I don't know that would be a, a lot to ask for a guy I feel like in the real world
0: yeah it's a little bit of a red flag that you're always having these conversations with your ex but I guess like at the end of the day they are having a conversation because he found out this shady stuff about leo right and she feels like she has to kind of like solve that situation exactly which is why it's a little more
1: understandable but i just thought it was funny
0: yeah so then we're back in the manor in the attic and phoebe's sitting in a chair reading and then genie poofs in next to her and scares her she's like do not do that and he's like is that a wish and she's like no it is not a wish he's like so figure out how to get rid of me yet she's like yeah all i have to do is get you back in the bottle i have no idea how to do that but i will figure it out he's like well wish it and it will be so otherwise your only shot is if i volunteered to leave willingly and uh newsflash that's not gonna happen he touches her foot and she yells he's like i'm sorry look Could you just stop trying to banish me just long enough for me to try a little something on you? It's wish-free. And she waves and kind of, like, gives him permission. He starts touching her foot, and at first she's like, ow, and then he, like, keeps doing it, and she changes it to wow. And he says that he learned it from a sultan. She says, just out of curiosity, what would you wish for yourself? I mean, you must have heard them all, right? So what would be your wish? He says, well, that's easy. I wish for the little things, you know? Things people take for granted. I mean, the feeling of a suntan, taste of ice cream, preferably chocolate, sex. That looks like that could be a little bit of fun. And Phoebe kind of nods. He's like, I don't know, to be human. Yeah, that's what I'd wish for. So what did you do to yourself here? And she's like, oh, I was demon dueling and one of my kicks was a little off center. And he's like, oh, so uh, did you finish them off with your scary witchy power? She's like, no, that is my power. He's like, that's it? she says that in premonitions he's like you're a witch with no real powers i mean no you know a premonition those are uh those are great but she's like i know i know i mean i would love an active power but what can you do and he smiles and moves her foot and gets up and says you just done it and she stands up and covers her mouth and he's like i know exactly where to get one and he tells her that it was a wish and snaps his fingers then his necklace disappears and he's like and that's three i'm free She's like, three? That wasn't even one. And he says he's gone and walks away. And she's like, if you're free, then where's my power? So I'm going to argue that Phoebe did not make a wish. I
1: was thinking the same thing. She really didn't. That's not, I would love
0: to. That's not a wish. Like the other two literally said, I wish. So I'm like, I get it. But Phoebe literally didn't.
1: Yeah, so I don't, I don't get it, the fine print of these wishes.
0: No, literally, because then that means I could just be sitting there and be like, oh, I would love an ice cream right now, and now I just made a wish?
1: Yeah, like, that makes no sense to me. I don't think that she made a wish, but I guess that was kind of the best they could do, because Phoebe was the one with him and had to be the most careful kind of thing.
0: Yeah I guess it makes sense but I'm also just like they should have just had her slip like it would make more sense. Much more
1: sense yeah because that was not a wish.
0: I also feel like we're kind of regressing in Phoebe's character here because I feel like so much over the course of this season like she's come to like love having premonitions and we even saw like the end of last season when her and Prue switched powers and she like really regretted like wanting an active power over her premonitions and now she's like kind of going back to that same rhetoric like it just feels like something we've already covered and moved past so it was a little weird to me to go back to that place in this episode
1: yeah i i do see that but it doesn't seem like she's too disappointed about it you know i mean she has come to that place where she accepts it and is happy with it but Kind of when someone brings it up to you like that, it's still gonna remind you, like, yeah, I I guess you're right, and I still don't have an active power, like, that kind of sucks, you know? But it doesn't seem like she's, like, too sad about it right here, I think. That's true, that's
0: true. And it also could have something to do with, like, her injury, so I get how, like, something like that could kind of put you in, like, a bad space mentally, so I get that.
1: Yeah. Things, things, they happen. And I'm wondering if it's a little foreshadowing.
0: Ooh, maybe.
1: You know, I mean, Fru got her second power. Maybe they'll each get
0: one in each new season. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, when are we going to see Piper and or Phoebe get a second power?
1: (laughs) Exactly. So hoping that something like that happens soon, especially for poor Phoebe. I mean, the girl deserves an active power. She does. She does. I totally agree. Like, Piper and Prue got good ones, but, um, anyways, now at least we know she's gonna have one in this episode.
0: Yeah, also, I love the, um, I know exactly where to get one, like, this genie is so funny.
1: I know, he's, he is hilarious, I love the wit and the way everything went. Felt pretty good to me. Yes. So now, outside the manor... Piper and Leo pull up in the Jeep and Dan is on his lawn with some guy shaking his hand. And Piper walks over and the guy walks away and we see that there's an SWA property sign in the lawn. And Piper asks him about it and he says that he decided to take a job in Portland. And he says, I think it's just time that I move on with my life, don't you? And he leaves and Piper looks a little shocked and then kind of sad. And she walks back over to Leo and she's like, something's not right. And he says, well, it's probably for the best. And she's like, no, something he said when I asked. And then all of a sudden we hear tire screech and a BMW pulls up to the house and Prue gets out and runs up and she has bangs and braces. And I mean, she looks the same age in the face as she actually is, but you can tell they're trying to make her look much younger here. And she's like, Piper, check it out. So the valet guy said that this cool ride is mine. Can you believe it? And then she's like, ooh, who's the cute boy? And Piper's like, Prue? And she's like, hey, are you okay? I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but you're looking kind of old. And she's like, yeah, and you're back in braces. Then Piper and Leo look at each other very confused. And Phoebe calls for help from the inside, asking if anyone's home. And they all run in, go up to the attic. And up there, they see that Phoebe is floating in the air and can't seem to figure out how to get down or how she got up in the first place. Bruce starts giggling and Phoebe is like waving her arms around and struggling.
0: So some interesting um, wishing going on here. So we see that, you know, of course, Dan is moving on by leaving San Francisco. And, you know, Piper picking up on it there is interesting. So I like the way—I've seen this a lot with her character throughout the season. Like, very minor things allow for her to pick up that something's wrong. And I think that's part of the intuition that all the sisters have. So I liked that. That felt good to me. And, you know, the proof set up here, like you said, obviously they couldn't de-age Shannon Doherty. They didn't really have the technology they have to do more of it. So they just kind of dress her up to make her appear younger. And overall, I mean, it's fine. We can tell because she has different hair and braces that she's now a teenager, right?
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't an issue. It's just funny because you can totally see that it's not the case. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, the, uh, I like that it shows throughout kind of the intuition that they have. I feel like we noticed that a lot, and it didn't feel very out of place here. Like it felt right that Piper's like something's a little bit off, and then Prue's issue, and we're kind of seeing all the cons consequences happening all at once
0: yeah exactly and of course you know phoebe's power exactly so we're still in the attic and leo's kind of floating up and hugging phoebe to like bring her back down to the ground and prue's like that is so totally cool so do i get a power when i get old too and piper's like okay let's get something straight we are not old we are just older than you are right now for some reason and phoebe's like wait a minute exactly how old are you she's like 17 and Piper's like 17. Prue was a nightmare at that age. Why would she wish for that? And Leo says she probably didn't. She probably wished for something she could only get by being 17, which explains why she has no memory of being older. And Phoebe starts saying it's weird and then floating up again as she lifts her arms. Leo pulls her back down and tells her to keep her arms down and she agrees. Then Piper says to Prue, are you sure you don't remember anything about witches, genies, dick? And Prue's like, no, but it sounds totally bitchin'. This is such a cool book, what is it? And Piper's like, I'll tell you when you're older. Let go of it. Stop it. Stop it. And Leo's like, you guys have another problem. At 17, Prue didn't have her powers yet, which makes you guys more vulnerable. Piper's like, yeah, especially if whoever sent the genie is a demon or something. Then we cut downstairs and see the dragon warlock bursting through the doors, and he's like, where is my power? I want it back. And then back in the attic, Phoebe's like, who is that? And Piper's like, a demon or something. And she turns to Prue and she's like, you stay here. And then Piper, Phoebe, and Leo all head down the stairs.
1: I kind of like Prue's like, younger self energy. It does feel a bit like overplayed, but I do love it, you know? I, yeah. I think it works. <laughs>
0: I also feel like a lot of the things we've seen about younger Prue recently in, like, season two episodes kind of conflicts with some of the stuff we heard earlier. Like, I think Mm -hmm. we've always heard that, like, Prue was so responsible and, like, she had to sacrifice her childhood to, like, raise her sisters. But now we keep seeing, like, that Prue was actually a rebellious teenager, both at, like, 17 and, like, 20. So I'm, like, a little bit confused.
1: Yeah, it is uh, a little confusing to me. I was thinking that too. I mean, her being a nightmare at that age, like they say, but she was always represented, like had to be the very responsible one, never really had a chance to do that. Um, But I, I wouldn't say that at 20, she was portrayed as a rebellious kid. I mean, just that she had some issues and was in a dark place at that time.
0: But wasn't she also kind of like, you know, like trying to get away and like, no, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah, this is I think more it was, seeing it.
1: I think it wasn't really rebellion. She, it was more like she wanted to go to college somewhere else and Grams wouldn't let her. And I think it was just hard for her, you know, like wasn't being rebellious, just wished that she could finally grow up and do something with her life as an adult, you know?
0: Yeah, that's fair. I also, as we learn more of Prue's 17 year old backstory, we'll point out some other things that don't add up to me about things we already know about Prue, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh,
1: I think I, I already know and I have something to say about when we get there too. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with Dragon, how they get out of this, and kind of worried for them because they are vulnerable now that Prue is not only 17 but doesn't have her powers.
0: Yeah, and I also will say, you know, I know I brought it up last scene, but I think it's funny that he stole the power from the dragon
1: demon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was that was hilarious to me. Okay, so now we are in the stairwell, and Leo says that, that the genie probably stole the demon's power for Phoebe, and he's downstairs breaking things, and Rue comes down and stands behind Leo. And she's like, oh my god, who's the hottie? And Piper says to get her out of here, and Leo starts bringing her upstairs. And then the warlock breathes fire at them, and Piper freezes it and him. And Phoebe and Piper walk down the stairs together towards the dining room. And Phoebe decides to fly him out of there and dump him somewhere else. And so she lifts her arms and flies out, grabbing him. And the fire run freezes and burns this painting that's on the wall.
0: So something about Prue's characteristics, like the way they have her so boy crazy, it makes her feel a lot younger than 17 to me. Like I think of her more as like 14 or 15 because of some of the behaviors they're giving her.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm guessing 17 was kind of like the furthest they could stretch it kind of thing. But, like, it does feel like a very young kid or preteen, early teen kind of thing to be that obsessed. I mean, even at 17, you're kind of, like, towards the end of high school looking for college. And, I mean, not that you're grown, but a little more grown than acting like that, I feel like, you know? Yeah,
0: like, this feels like freshman year of high school as opposed to, like, junior or senior year of high school.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, anything else to add about that scene?
0: Just, you know, the plan to kind of just, like, dump him somewhere is pretty smart, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, what else can I really do, you know? Yeah. let get him the
0: fuck out of there. Exactly. So then we're, like, at a park or something, and Phoebe drops him from the air, and he watches her fly off, and he's clearly really pissed off about this.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a little weird that in the air he didn't, like- breathe fire at her
0: no uh, literally like whatever, he has other powers
1: I know but whatever I guess <laughs>
0: <laughs> plot's sake so then we're back at the manor and we're in the attic and Leo walks in and says that Prue is in her bedroom looking through her clothes and Piper's like nice to see that some things never change and I liked that I liked that little hint because I've always talked about how Prue is like clothes obsessed and stuff yeah so I liked that <laughs> Piper's looking in the book, and she thinks she found him, the dragon warlock. And we see in the background of the windows, Phoebe is floating past outside and, like, calling for their names, but they don't really, like, see or hear her. And Leo says that they need the power of three to vanquish him. And then we, they kind of start to notice something, but that's when Phoebe comes crashing through the window and her hair is all messed up. And she's like, flying is awesome. It's the landing part. That's a bitch. And Piper asks Leo how they fix it. And Phoebe says that they need to get the genie back in the bottle. She says it's the only way to undo the wishes and make everything back to normal. Then Leo says that they need to find him. And Phoebe says that he has a thing for food. Maybe he'll be at that cafe where he found Prue.
1: I think the connection there makes sense, you know, her Mm -hmm. guessing that that's probably where he'd go, knowing that he doesn't really know of other places, really. So overall, pretty funny scene with the uh, Phoebe flying through the window and everything like that, and you know the little Peru comment and everything. And aside from that, it's pretty much just them trying to figure out what to do about this situation.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So at the cafe, he is there, and he's got tons of food in front of him. And Piper and Leah walk up and freeze him, and or I mean freeze the whole cafe and then just unfreeze him and Piper's like hi want to know what I'm wishing for right now and he's like you're probably a little bit upset huh and she's like no I've moved past upset and right to pissed off you tricked us and now there's a warlock that's trying to turn us into witch kebabs and he just keeps on eating and he's like what warlock and Leo's like a dragon warlock the one you stole the flying power from you remember him And the genie's like, wow, he came already? Wait a second, how did he know where to look for it? They're like, I don't know, you tell us. And he's like, well, I didn't tell him. Look, he probably just tracked it somehow, that's all. I don't know, we're not partners. I got this gig on my own. And Leo's like, wait, 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 gig? So somebody did send you, who was it? And he's like, well, you see, that's part of the whole uh, genie client privilege thing. I couldn't possibly tell. Yeah, plus that and they'd kill me. And Piper says they're going to have to wait in line, and she tells him to put the food down and that they're going now, and she grabs him and tells him that he's going back in the bottle, and as they're grabbing him, he disappears out in black and gold smoke, and Piper's like, where did he go? I thought you said free genies don't have powers, and he's like, they don't. Somebody who does must have wanted him badly, and she's pissed off about this.
0: Um, So I like this scene. Again, we're getting that comedy. I think the chemistry this genie has with literally everyone is incredible. And I love Mm -hmm. the three-way conversation we're having here with these characters. You know, the whole genie client privilege and almost giving himself away that he is in fact working with this dragon warlock. But overall, I think this scene is really effective and I like that he gets called away and they're kind of, like, confused and upset about it.
1: Yeah, I, everything you said, I agree. I don't have too much to add to that, but um, I do agree. I like the comedic elements and everything you mentioned. He does have a lot of chemistry with just everybody he comes into contact with. That personality is just, it's just great.
0: Yeah. So then we're at this, like, back-in-the-cave place place. And the genie and the dragon warlock are both in the center of the council. And one of the council members says, it has come to our attention that you violated our pact. Your accuser will speak. And the dragon warlock says that he used the Hallowell wishes not to destroy them, but to free himself from his bottle. And the council member says, what do you say to this charge? Genie says it was all part of the master plan, all right? And those witches would be dead right now if Puff over here hadn't screwed everything up. And the warlock grabs him by the collar and says, you stole a power from me. He's like, borrowed, okay? The term is borrowed. And I knew that it would piss you off so bad that you would be that much more motivated to get out there and kill you some witches, right? And they say, but your plan failed. The dragon's attack was thwarted. And he says, look, you don't go after the witches with power. You go after the one without. And they all look intrigued by this idea.
1: Again, I love his energy. I mean, in any situation, even when he's getting fought with, he's actually pretty humorous. And I like him calling him Puff and everything and trying to convince the council and him that it wasn't a trick, even though it obviously was. And him trying to defend himself thought it was funny. But now obviously we see that this means he's going after Prue now.
0: Yeah, of course, Um, setting up that plot line. And like you're saying, I mean, he's just so good at kind of like playing all sides and really just, um, like, he's the type of person who can talk his way out of any situation. And I really admire that. And I think yeah. it really works for the character. I totally agree.
1: So now we are in a cruise room and it's nighttime. And she's sitting on her bed, taking money out of a wallet. And she's like super excited. And she's dressed up in a black shirt and like a silver mini skirt. And she gets up and goes over to the window, sneaking out as the phone rings. And downstairs, we hear kind of the phone call between Phoebe and Daryl. So it's kind of half at the hallway and half the police station. Phoebe answers the phone. He says, so when I first got the call, I dismissed it as a prank until I realized it was Deputy Marrow on the other end. And she says that she's busy and he's like, what, flying? And then she kind of pauses and makes this face. And Daryl's like, now see, I've learned to interpret those pauses as admission. And she's like, what did he see? And he said, actually, it was his wife who swears she saw a brown haired young woman fly over the house earlier without a plane. And she's like, how about a broomstick? And Daryl's like, Phoebe, this isn't funny. Just the fact that this that a call like that got rooted to me gives you the some idea of the pressure that I'm under here. And then Piper calls for Phoebe, and she's like, sorry, Daryl, won't happen again, but I have to go. And hangs up. And then Piper says that they found the genie and then lost him. And Phoebe says that Prue is upstairs being a pain. And Piper's like, now you know why she was lucky to make it to 18. And Leo's like, why? What do you mean? She says that it was Prue's rebellious stage. She thought everything bad was good, especially the guy she thought she was in love with. And Phoebe says, until he attacked her. And Leo's like, what? And Piper's like, yeah, and Grams went crazy when she found out. Come to think of it, that guy disappeared not too long after that. You don't suppose Grams and then the bell rings? And Piper goes to get it, and Phoebe goes to check on Prue. And she opens the door and sees that there's a really old guy at the door and figures out that it's Dan because he says, Piper, why the hell is this happening to me? And Phoebe runs up to her and says that Prue snuck out. And she's like, Phoebe, this is Dan. And they're like all just shocked about everything going on.
0: Yeah. So I guess let's start with through um i love this scene it does feel very teenage again it does feel a little bit younger teenage like we were saying last scene which i think is an issue that comes up sometimes when adults are writing teenagers (laughs) yeah whatever this is how they view them then we have of course the phoebe and daryl phone call which i think is funny again we're getting that idea that all the weird things are always coming through to daryl so obviously it's still affecting his career working with them.
1: Yeah, and that's another one that I was saying about how we never find out any kind of answer to that. She's just like, oh, sorry, bye. I was saying yeah. that last episode. <laughs> um, poor Daryl, the way he just kind of gets thrown to the wolves.
0: Literally. And I like how his appearances in the last two episodes have literally just been phone calls. I Real know scenes for him. <laughs> Seriously. Hope to see you back for real in season three, Daryl. Yeah. Um, then to I get to the scene where they're discussing Prue, I have a lot of comments here. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, we got this idea that's come up before and Piper literally said it earlier this episode. Hasn't Leo supposedly been watching them their whole lives? Shouldn't he know that Prue had this stage?
1: Oh, Yeah. It's like asking these questions like he wasn't there. That's so weird. Yeah. I never even thought of that.
0: That hit me. The other thing. Okay, so weren't Prue and Andy high school sweethearts? Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say. That was exactly what I was thinking
1: when the scene came up. I knew that's what you were talking about when you said you had some confusion earlier.
0: I know. I'm very confused about that. Like, we know for a fact they went to prom together yeah that was stated so like if prue like this flashback had her at 14 and she had some guy she dated before andy i could totally buy it but like this having her at 17 when we know canonically she was dating andy confusing does not add up to me
1: that's what i was thinking too
0: also was like assaulted and we're just gonna move past it like it doesn't matter we're just gonna casually throw that line in there
1: i know so she was attacked well i mean obviously grams did something which i kind of like i love that they kind of threw that little thing in there where they're like
0: you don't suppose (laughs) that i did enjoy i did too but it's just like are we just so like casual about teenage girls being like attacked that we're just like whatever we'll just mention that but it'll never come up for her character again she'll never deal with this trauma it just happened for plot's sake and we'll never talk about it again yeah
1: yeah we never we never do do we no they do they do that quite a bit it seems like
0: it's like let's just throw in violence against women to have something in the backstory for no reason. Like I really didn't like that.
1: Yeah, I know it was like a kind of a random thing to come up with just to make this happen. I mean, they really didn't have to include that just because, like, oh, she was seventeen, got attacked by some guy. But like, I mean, we know she's gonna get attacked by a dragon or whatever, but is that like them foreshadowing that or I, I don't like, like you know what yeah. I mean there was no need either way she's teenage we've already seen that she's boy crazy I feel like like when we see what happens in the next in the next scenes like I don't know yeah. it just it was it like just felt pointless
0: he could have stood her up he could have dumped her he could have done a million things that were not assaulting her yeah that like and it also just be had be upsetting no- to a teenager
1: yeah and it just had no relevance to the situation at all i don't know didn't feel
0: necessary totally agree
1: um and then
0: the dan of it all he's really moving on he's moving on to death
1: seriously moving on to the end like jesus christ talk about
0: consequences literally so then are on the street, and Prue is driving and listening to music. She's, like, having a good old time. Then we see the dragon warlock is standing in the street. She stops the car, and he walks up over to the window, and he's like, how about a lift? And she smiles. So, oh boy, we know where this is going. Yes, we do. Or Prue. <laughs> Stay away from those warlocks, baby girl. Seriously. Gotta keep your eye out. Alright,
1: so, back at the manor, Piper is trying to call Prue, but she's not answering, and Phoebe says that maybe she can try flying around to find her car, but Piper's like, you can't control your pow- that power yet, and Phoebe's like, touching Prue's things, trying to get a premonition, and she's like, why can't I get a premonition when I want to? If I had a wish right now, that's what it would be. And then Piper says, at least your wish isn't hurting anyone. Look what mine did. She says that's not your fault and Piper's like Dan is aging because I wished for him to move on with his life. He would be fine if it wasn't for me. It's bad enough the wishes are biting us in the ass but not him. This shouldn't be happening to him. And then Phoebe says we have to find the genie. It's the only way to save Dan and Pru. So here again with Piper's guilt. I mean here it's a little more warranted. I, I definitely understand the way she feels and kind of why she's so upset about this happening to dan
0: yeah i definitely see kind of like her care for dan is so evident throughout different episodes but especially here and just the way that she does carry that guilt like you were saying is really effective for me i mean we're not establishing too much in this scene other than the fact that they are you know trying to figure things out but i do like the scene and i do understand both of their feelings in it yeah so then we're at the park and prue and the dragon warlock are sitting in her parked car and prue's like you don't have a name he's like well i go by a lot of names depends where i am and he's like stroking her face she's like so why are my sisters scared of you why did you come to our house today he says because they have something that i want something that's mine are you scared of me And she laughs, and he smiles, and she says no. They start kissing, and then her phone starts ringing again, and she asks him how to turn it off, so he does. Then they start, like, making out, and then he gets really aggressive with her, and his eyes turn red, and his voice gets all deep, and he asks, are you scared of me now? And she screams and gets out of the car and starts running away. Then the genie appears, and... When Dragon gets out of the car, he's like, won't be too long until she calls her sisters to come and rescue her. It's the perfect trap. And Jeannie's like, you didn't hurt her, did you? Because I thought I heard screams. And he says, you've spent too much time with humans already. You're developing a conscience. And then he grabs his neck and he says, if you want your freedom, you do exactly as I say. And then he walks away. So, I mean,
1: what exactly did he think? he was gonna do like he knew that his intention was to kill the witches so why yeah. was he like you didn't hurt her did you
0: well because I think i mean he... I get it
1: he's slowly developing the conscience
0: but like part of it is that he thinks that he's just setting her up like I think he knows that he's ultimately gonna kill her but I don't think he was expecting her to hurt her here and I also don't think he was expecting to feel bad about it
1: Yeah, I think now that he actually has some emotion as a human, he is realizing that he cares, and I guess, I guess you're right, but it, it is kind of like, I mean, what did you expect, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. But Um, I thought
1: this scene felt pretty realistic, him kind of trying to lure her, and her falling for the bait, thinking that it was, you know, something like that, I like you know, the whole phone scene about her not knowing how to work it because they didn't exist at that time, you know?
0: Yeah. And, you know, we'll just casually have Prue get sexually assaulted and then just move on from it.
1: Yeah, that too. I mean, what else is new? She's like, all right, uh, that's okay. That All right, stop, please.
0: Like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it was bad. I don't like it. No, I don't like that at all. Like, he could be scary without being rapey. Yeah, there was no need. And also, like, she's a 17-year-old girl, and you're a grown man. Yeah, kind of disgusting. Very disgusting. Yeah, the scene was not it. Like, does it work plot-wise? Yes. Did I enjoy it? No. No,
1: can't enjoy that. Of course not. So now we are at the manor in the living room and Dan is on the couch holding his chest and breathing very heavy and Leo and Piper sit across from him and Piper's like, Dan, I'm so sorry. And Dan's like, I don't understand. And she tells him the whole truth about them being witches and that she never told him before because she didn't want him to be hurt because of it. And Leo tells him about him being a white lighter, and Dan is like, yeah, right, doesn't believe them, until Leo orbs right in front of him, and Piper reaches to hold his hand, and he pulls away and is, like, super shocked. And, Piper, you could just see in her face how hurt she is about this, how bad she feels.
0: So Dan finally
1: knows. We've been wondering if this was ever going to happen.
0: I know. It only took him literally getting to his deathbed, but... I know, seriously. But no, this scene is very sad to me. You can tell how much Piper cares for Dan, how much she wanted to protect him. And I do get that being her motivation for keeping the secret from him. And I also do get like his reaction and kind of how that reaction hurts her because I think part of her always hoped that if he ever did learn the secret, like he would understand Yeah, it wouldn't change his mind about her. And we'll see whether or not it does, because obviously this is his first reaction. But spoiler to the end of the episode, it's not going to be a positive one.
1: Exactly. I definitely agree. It makes me sad. I mean, I'm glad that Piper finally is at least able to know how he'd react to something like that. But it is sad to see kind of them go through this.
0: Yeah, definitely. So then we're in the manor, and Phoebe picks something up, and she has a premonition of the genie's bottle going under the chair in the conservatory. Then in the stairway, Phoebe runs down, and she's calling for Piper, and Piper and Leo both walk over to her, and she says that she had a premonition, but she has no idea what it means. That's when the phone starts ringing, and Piper answers. It's Prue. She tells her that the dragon is trying to kill her, and she doesn't think he's human. She tells her that she's at Golden Gate Park, and Piper says, okay, go to the lake where Dad used to take us fishing, remember? And hide under the bridge until we get there. And Prue starts freaking out because she thinks she hears him, and then the line cuts out, and Piper's like the dragons after her. And Leo says, well, it's a trap. You know it's a trap. And they put on their jackets, and Phoebe says, it doesn't matter, Leo. We have to go anyway. And Leo tells them to at least have a plan. He says that Phoebe should use her new power to see him before he sees them. Piper kisses him and tells him to stay with Dan, and they run out, and Piper says that it'll be light out soon as they're leaving, I guess to set up the next scene, which takes place in the morning.
1: When exactly did their dad take them fishing?
0: Um, good question, because wasn't (laughs) Piper, like, three when their dad left?
1: Yeah, that's what, uh... I mean, I guess he could have done that, but, like, when they were really little, but for them to remember it, Piper's like, remember? Like, no, why would any, how could anyone remember that at that age?
0: I guess Prue would remember, but why would Piper?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess they heard from stories, but whatever. Plot's sake. Prue's emotion feels very real here, you know, as, like, a teenager's would, and her fear and everything, and them Wanting to go save her, like, this this moment felt pretty uh, realistic to me, and it was nice as well.
0: Yeah, no, this is a very genuine scene. It's a very sisterly scene. You know, we see that Piper's, I mean, Prue's first reaction is to reach out to Piper, so that really works to me. I get her, like, freak out the way she's acting. All of that, after what she's been through, reads really strongly to me, and I really commend Shannon Doherty's acting in this scene as well.
1: Exactly. That's why I'm glad that they gave it more of a reaction and more of the trauma that it did deserve and that things like that do bring, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I just hate, because, okay, if we were going to have an assault storyline, I'm not necessarily saying that that's a horrible thing. Personally, I think that it's an overplayed trope in a lot of things, and that's why I don't usually love those types of storylines. However, if they were actually going to do something with it and we were sometime later going to see Prue kind of talking more about what happened to her when she was 17 or it was going to go somewhere, I wouldn't have an issue with it. But it being a throwaway storyline that's used just to have Dragon also assault her is, like, upsetting to me.
1: That's exactly what I mean with Dragon assaulting her, too. That we didn't need that first, oh, this happened to me before story for him to do that you know what I mean like he could have done that and we could like you said obviously I would have hoped that it would get acknowledged more but again we didn't need that background for that anyways you know like it would have been not understandable but it still would have made sense without that yeah you know what I mean him doing that or attacking her at all yeah So now we are at the park in the morning, and the jeep pulls up, and they get out. Phoebe flies up over the park, and Piper starts walking. She hears Prue calling for her and running towards her, and she tells her to be quiet and go back. She's like, you know, so before Dragon sees her. And then the genie grabs Piper, and Dragon grabs Prue as they're trying to run towards each other. And Piper's like, what are you doing? Let me go. And he apologizes. He's like, I'm so sorry. And then Dragon pulls out a knife on Prue and Phoebe spots them all from above and starts heading down. And then as Phoebe's coming down closer, Dragon stabs Prue in the back and Piper is screaming and crying and Phoebe drops to the floor and she's like, no. And then he throws Prue down and Piper breaks free from the genie and and freezes Dragon as he's going to try to get his power back from Phoebe. Um, and then they both run over to Prue and Phoebe's like, What do we do? What do we do? Freaking out. They're both crying and Piper says Leo can heal her and is telling Phoebe to go get the car and she goes and Piper is holding Prue in her arms and Jeannie's like, Oh my god, what have I done? And that's the end of that scene. It was very, very intense, very well played, like honestly almost made me cry.
0: Yeah, no, this is one of the strongest scenes in the episode. I think it's really well done. I think everyone does a has a great performance in this scene. I think it works. It feels very logistically sound. And I really like this change in Genie that we started to see a little earlier and this obvious guilt that he's feeling for this exactly. murder here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like that we kind of see that shift in him once his humanity came along. I mean, we knew from the start he wasn't technically an evil guy, but he was one of those neither good nor evil. He just kind of does his own thing. You know, that's kind of the vibe we got from genies. So Yeah, um, like he
0: was just selfish. He wasn't evil.
1: Exactly. And now he's got that regret now that he has emotions and feelings and thoughts, like, you know what I mean, of humanity, I guess. And we can see that shift in him, and it it is nice to see that.
0: So then we're at the manor in the kitchen, and Piper and Phoebe are carrying Prue in and calling for Leo. They put her down on the floor, and Leo's like, what happened? And Piper's like, never mind, just heal her. And he starts trying, but it doesn't work. And Piper asks why, and he says, I can't heal the dead. And everyone's crying. It's just yeah. so sad
1: pretty intense moment. Um I don't know why they didn't call for Leo in the car or right there in the park, but uh, I mean okay, I guess.
0: Just you know, drive her home, let her die
1: on the car ride. I know like you guys could have just called Leo and been like Leo, like you know that that's how you get a hold of him, but all right. Yeah. Felt a little weird, but I get it for the drama's sake and it still was a pretty emotional moment yeah so now in the conservatory Piper and Phoebe are crying and the Leo walks in with the genie and Phoebe's like what the hell is he doing here and Leo says wait just hear him out he may have an idea and the genie's like listen I'm so sorry all I ever wanted was my freedom that's it that's all I was thinking about look I'm just a genie and Piper's like get to the point And Leo says he's willing to give up his freedom. Go back in the bottle and reverse the wishes. He said it'll return everything the way it was. And Phoebe says, even Prue? And he says, it should. I mean, teenage Prue is the one that got killed, not adult Prue. And Piper says, how do we know this isn't just another trick? And Leo says, well, if it gets Prue back, you'd have the power of three to vanquish the dragon. What have you got to lose? And Piper and Phoebe look at each other, and Phoebe opens the bottle, and Jeannie moves towards it, claps his hands, and rubs them together, and poofs into the bottle. And then Phoebe tries to fly, and nothing happens, so obviously that worked. And then in the kitchen, we see Prue's body morph back into her adult self. And in the living room, Dan wakes up and is young again, and Piper and Leo are there, and she's like, oh my god, Prue, and runs to the kitchen to see Prue, and Leo follows her. In the kitchen, we see Phoebe holding Prue, and Piper says, it worked, dance. And then Phoebe's like, no, it didn't. And Leo says, all it did was turn her back into adult se- her adult self. It didn't save her. And Piper says, wait, Jeannie's back in the bottle, so if we can get him out, we have three more wishes, right? And Phoebe says, all we need is one.
0: So this is a heartbreaking moment, um, seeing that it didn't save Prue.
1: Yeah it definitely is I, I mean they all play the emotion in all of these scenes really well we kind of see that you know sadness when the genie comes in him willing to do that for them was very sweet very emotional and um, everything transforming back to the way it was and still not being enough was definitely
0: sad to see. Yeah, and I mean, even that entire scene where they're talking with the genie is really strong. I like the way that both Phoebe and Piper react towards him and kind of Leo playing the mediator there. I felt like it was really effective, well-written, well-acted. I enjoyed that a lot. Agreed. So then we go to the conservatory, and Piper runs in to get the genie bottle. And just as she's doing that, Dragon jumps through the window and tackles her. And the bottle flies under the chair, and she kind of flies across the room. And Phoebe and Leo run in, and then Dan comes towards the room, and Phoebe yells for him to get down. That's when Dragon turns towards him and breathes fire. Dan runs away. Phoebe runs over and kicks Dragon, and he goes to breathe fire at her, but Leo pulls her out of the way. They duck behind this wall together, and he falls into a plant. Leo asks if Phoebe saw where the bottle went, and she remembers her premonition. So he orbs to distract the dragon while Phoebe runs to go get the bottle. Then Piper wakes up, and as she does, the genie comes out, and Phoebe says, I wish Prue were alive. He smiles and snaps his fingers, and Piper goes to check on Prue. The dragon says, where the hell did you come from? And genie says, oh, no, 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 that's where you came from. Then Prue and Piper walk back in together, and they're chanting, the power of three will set us free they join with phoebe and they're all chanting together and then dragon starts yelling no and trying to fly away but he blows up in flames like before he can escape
1: so i i really like that we had a the power of three will set us three vanquish on the last on the finale yeah i didn't i just realized that that's what they did i mean i i was going to mention that but the fact that they did it on the finale at least they included something that kind of ties it all the way back to the beginning
0: yeah exactly there are two moments in this episode there's this one and then there's one at the very end that are callbacks to the pilot that are the only things that make this episode feel like a finale
1: yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) but I do like that um because we never really use that anymore
0: yeah yeah and I did really enjoy this vanquish it worked for me I like the scene overall, and Genie's little, like, wit in it again is really shining through.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the chaos, them solving everything, Genie ending up helping them out, and the vanquish itself, I think it worked really well, and uh, it was a good vanquish, good scene overall.
0: Yeah, even Dan just running in real quick just to run away. I loved it. Yeah, felt felt so necessary. <laughs>
1: So now it is the next day I assume and we are at Dan's house and Piper rings the doorbell and he opens the door and looks really tired and like upset and he's like look Piper I really don't feel like talking right now and starts to close the door but she tells him to wait and so he opens it again and she's like we're gonna have to talk sometime and he says no we don't. I don't know how you expected me to react to your secret but I don't I'm really sorry you told me. I wish you never did. I wish I never saw what I saw. I never imagined things like that even existed. And then he looks down and says, please just go away. I don't want to know anymore. And I don't want to know anymore about you. And he closes the door and she looks really sad and goes.
0: So this is heartbreaking.
1: It is very intense, but I feel like this is kind of The closure scene that we were all waiting for where we're wondering you know how would he react to the secret could things have worked out between them and here we kind of see that in the end it was meant to be Piper and Leo and things wouldn't have worked out between Dan and Piper anyways you know
0: yeah definitely um I was gonna say I know several times I've mentioned that Piper should just tell Dan Piper should just tell Dan and now we know that that wouldn't have changed anything that wouldn't have saved their relationship I think this is Mm -hmm. twice so far that we've seen a sister telling a partner that they are a witch and it not ending up with them being together. I mean, of course, in Andy's case, he still wanted to stay part of their lives and help them. And we're seeing the exact opposite from Dan. He wants absolutely nothing to do with it. But I think it is interesting that, I mean, of course, Dan and Piper weren't together at the time. Maybe if they were still together, his opinion would have been different. But I doubt it. I think he very much wants nothing to do with any of this.
1: Yeah, it seems like genuinely he just wants to stay away and wants no part in it, so I don't know that it would make much of a difference whether they were still together or not.
0: But again, another strong, well-written scene, I would say. Yeah, I definitely agree. So then we're in the living room, and Jeannie is telling Leo, Prue, and Phoebe about the council, he says that they're, they're gonna send someone else after them, and Prue says just means we're doing something right if we're getting their attention. Phoebe says, plus it means that there's some method to this wicked madness, some greater purpose. It's nice to finally know. And Leo says, be careful what you wish for. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe says, I'm a reformed wishaholic. I'm in no hurry to get any new powers. Prue says, yeah, besides, the power that you already have is the one that saved the day anyway. She says, I know, and I love it. I do. I just have to work on controlling it better. Crew says, yeah, and I'm going to concentrate on finding Mr. Right, not settling for Dick. And they (laughs) laugh. And the genie says, well, speaking of wishes, you still have two left. Crew says they already know one. They'll make him mortal, get him off the council's radar. Then Piper walks in, and he asks why they would do that for them, especially after he helped kill her. And Prue says, well, you also helped bring me back. And besides, once you're human, we don't have to worry about you tricking us again. He smiles and Piper says there's one wish he needs to grant her first. She says, I want Dan to have peace of mind, to forget about all the horrible things that have happened the past couple of days, about who we all really are. I wish that Dan could truly move on with his life without consequences. And he says, your wish is my command and he snaps, and Piper walks out. We cut to the porch where she sees Dan getting his paper, and she waves, and he waves back a little, like, awkward. Then the genie walks out next to her, and she says, no tricks, right? He says, no tricks, I promise. I've got no powers, and he walks away.
1: So I really like that scene, you know, as the kind of final uh, moments between her and Dan that it still ended up, Being that he could move on because obviously he couldn't just erase the love that he had for her, but for her to be able to make that wish and help him to move forward with his life, consequence free, um, felt like a decent wrap up, a decent end to Dan's story, and I like that the genie was able to still get his freedom and kind of turn good and help them out. So it it felt pretty nice to me for sure.
0: Yeah, I feel like. This scene overall serves as a good wrap-up to some storylines, as well as setting up future storylines. I mean, minor spoiler, Dan, I don't think, is coming back for season three. So I think mm-hmm. this is kind of our final moment with him. It's a sweet little goodbye between them without them having to have any more real conversations because I feel like they're kind of past to that point now. I We get this idea that the council is probably going to keep coming up and, you know, Phoebe realizing that there is more going on here and they'll figure that out slowly something she was mentioning earlier in the episode plus the idea of you know whether or not they might be getting new powers or learning to better control what she already has going forward
1: couldn't have said it better myself exactly i'm looking forward to all those storylines coming up and wrapping up some of these things i do wish we had kind of a more finale feeling episode but we did get a lot of um, conclusions that we needed and kind of question marks for the future so overall pretty decent scene here setting us up for season three
0: yeah you ready to go to the final scene of the episode
1: i am in the entryway piper walks back in from the porch and prue says well that was an interesting couple of days And Phoebe says, interesting couple of years. Then Leo hears the white lighter jingle and looks up. And then he says that he has to go. And Piper's like, not so fast. If we're ever going to make this work, I think I deserve to know a little bit more about you, don't you think? And he's like, what do you mean? And she said, I mean, I'm going with you, Leo. And Prue and Phoebe look at each other and Piper says, I'd like to meet them. And he's like, are you sure? And she says, positive, take me to your leader. And she puts her arms around him and he smiles. And then Phoebe starts to ask what she's doing. And she's like, don't worry, I'll be back. And they both orb out. And Phoebe's like, worry, I'm not worried. I mean, of course she'll be back, right? And Prue's like, uh, of course. I mean, why would we worry? And they both look at each other, obviously worried. <laughs> and Prue closes the door with her power. Yes. Which, again, again, the little callback, which I like, but also another kind of setup for the next season. We're going to have Piper and Leo be gone, I guess, is how we ended it. So we'll see how it goes meeting them. And I'm excited to see if we learn a little more about his bosses.
0: Yeah, me too. Kind of what her experience will be and what will happen when they get back. So I'm excited for that. Um, I think her sister's being worried tells us that things might not go well, but we'll find out in season three.
1: Yeah, we'll find out when we get there.
0: Overall thoughts on the episode?
1: I think it was pretty good. For a finale, like we said, um, it could have been more of a, you know, bigger episode, but I still think that it was really good overall. I think we kind of got a lot of conclusions like I was saying and I'm excited to see about the future. They're definitely setting us up for some other plot lines
0: and I think that the episode in general was really good. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I enjoyed this one. I think it wrapped some things up. I think it gave us some things to look forward to. And The comedy was really here in this episode, which is one thing I really appreciated about it. So I'll definitely say that as a positive.
1: Yeah, definitely agree. The the comedic element was was there, all thanks to the genie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I'll say more about this in our wrap-up episode, but I'm really excited to see where each of the girls' storylines are going to go from here, so. Exactly. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok, at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com and join us back next time for our season two wrap-up episode.